When I was growing up in the 90s, one of the phrases I often heard spoken was world peace. Now, apparently, world peace was a tangible reality, or at least a popular phrase in that time. Um, some of you who have seen The Simpsons might remember uh, on one of their Treehouse of Horror episodes, they have the monkey's paw where you can make wishes for things. And I'll never forget Lisa Simpson's wish was world peace. Having been 50 years removed from World War II, two decades from Vietnam, and with the collapse of the Soviet Union, we were apparently striving closer and closer to a global society with the absence of conflict. Now, this understanding conveniently ignored the genocide in Rwanda or the budding civil war in Yugoslavia, as well as a small group of terrorists named Al-Qaeda stockpiling weapons and money and biding their time. But it was the 90s. I was young, but I remember the 90s. And world peace seemed like a tangible thing to strive for in that time because in the abstract, it gave the appearance of us being a noble society. World peace is much more difficult to consider today. In a post-9-11 world, we fought a two-front war in the Middle East, seen another genocide in Darfur, watched the return of militarized Russia, and beheld with horror the rise of ISIS. Not to mention the many violent issues we have on the home front from where social injustice often plays out on the receiving end of a gun. These are difficult times, and many people tell us that the only way to attain world peace is to return evil for evil, a fist for a fist, a gun for a gun, a bomb for a bomb. Walter Wink is one of my favorite theologians, and he says this about religion, peace, and violence. Violence is the ethos of our times. It is the spirituality of the modern world. It has been accorded the status of a religion demanding from its devotees an absolute obedience to death. Violence is so successful as a myth precisely because it does not seem to be mythic in the least. It is inevitable, the last, and often the first resort in conflicts. It is embraced with equal alacrity by people on the left and on the right, by religious liberals as well as religious conservatives. It secured us years of a balance of terror. We learned to trust the bomb to grant us peace. We learned to trust the bomb to grant us peace. Those words stick with me as I read the Palm Sunday Gospel and I consider the celebration of the disciples. They are so excited as what they see to be a triumphant entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. They've been waiting for this for three years. And here Jesus is at last. He's finally listening to them. He's going to take care of business in the temple. He's going to throw the Romans out of the capital. And he's going to bring peace to the kingdom of Israel, a much-needed peace. Never mind that the Romans established their own Pax Romana through violent conflict. And never mind that Israel's forays into the military world post-King David were less than stellar. Jesus was going to change all of that. Jesus was going to make everything right. Jesus was going to grant peace to his people and to God's creation. Now let us back up way earlier in Luke's very long gospel, to chapter 12. Jesus is exhorting his disciples against the paradise that they think his ministry is going to bring. 
Indeed, Jesus says that he has come not to bring peace, but to bring division. In Matthew's gospel, he says not to bring peace, but a sword. Now, why is that? Surely you would think that the Son of God would want everyone to just get along, right? Have everyone be nice to each other, maybe bring about world peace in the process. But that is a bad way of thinking. As Dr. King would say, peace is not merely the absence of conflict, it is the presence of justice. Jesus is not interested in the cheap, can't we all just get along peace with him as the king and everyone kneeling to him in subservience. He is interested in the peace that comes with justice. He is interested in the peace of God. That is why Jesus rides on a donkey and that is why he rides the way he does through the eastern gate. He is mocking the Roman peace and the violence that comes with it. Rather than enter in splendor with a great war horse, Jesus comes in humility, protesting against the peace that has happened with a corrupt social order. Jesus' stance is not, I'm okay, you're okay, the Pharisees are okay, everyone is okay. Jesus' Palm Sunday sermon is decidedly against those Pollyannas. It says, poverty is not okay. War is not okay, and the fiction of a peace that comes with established violence is not okay. You cannot fight your way to a world in where everyone is happy. You cannot ride Secretariat the war horse into battle. You have to ride the sad donkey that no one wants. You have to humble yourself and empty yourself if you want to understand what Jesus is all about. Now it is said that if you want to cause conflict, work for peace. That is what Jesus has come to do. By bringing the peace of God to Jerusalem, Jesus has set the stage for a massive conflict, one that will lead him to Good Friday. The world will soon show what it thinks of the peace of Christ in the same way the world has always shown its disdain, violence. Now, I know this might surprise you given the brutal nature of crucifixion, but the act of killing Jesus was seen at that time as a peacekeeping act. Jesus was charged with disturbing the peace, not the peace of God, but the peace of Rome. He went around telling people they needed to love each other. He cared for those that society did not. And he backed up his boast of bringing division by taking a strong stance against the religious fundamentalism of his time. Now, this might sound great to us, but it did not sound great to the ears of Rome, and that is why we walk the journey that we do this Holy Week, and it begins today. So as we enter Jerusalem together, let us give thanks to God for the things that God has given us. Let us not take for granted the moments that are special and that we hold dear. Palm Sunday is supposed to be a celebration. But as we travel the road to the cross, and as we are reminded of the dark times in our lives, let us remember that the Son of God has walked that road before and walks together with us always. A day of celebration gives way to the darkest of weeks. But there is always Always new life that is waiting to be born. Amen.